Today, with the whole church, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. But to really be able to understand Pentecost, we have to go back to what we celebrated last week, which is the ascension of the Lord. Because in understanding the ascension of the Lord, we truly understand why we have to celebrate Pentecost and the need for the Holy Spirit. Ascension Sunday pointed us towards heaven, letting us and reminding us of our true and eternal dwelling place, which is with God in heaven. Everything that we do, everything that we live, how we live our life is oriented and directed towards our end goal, which is heaven, where we are going to be in perfect relationship with God, to be able to love him wholeheartedly to see him and be with him face to face, and to be with him for all eternity. So with that as the end goal in mind, you and I are still here on earth. We're still walking here on earth in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trial and tribulation, in the midst of difficulty. Therefore, as the Lord ascends to heaven, the Father sends down the paraclete, the advocate, for us. That advocate is to be at our side to help us, like we heard in our gospel reading today, to remind us over and over again of the story, to help us see and recognize the work of God in our life, to be able to discern and recognize our mission, our purpose, and how we can continue and work at getting to heaven every day of our life. So that's why the Holy Spirit is descending on us today on the solemnity of Pentecost. So with that understanding in mind, I would like to challenge and begin my homily with a question for all of us to begin to reflect on then. So then what is our mission in this world? What is your particular mission in this world? What talents or gifts do you bring to that mission? Today, in all our readings today, we hear the word gift used over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit descends on us and gives us gifts. We hear in our first reading today from the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit descended on them like tongues of fire. That fire, that tongue is a gift to the apostles. That fire is a symbol of light that guides us in the midst of darkness, which illumine our minds to the ultimate truth, which is God and God himself. The tongue of fire is an articulation and illustration for us, the ability to recognize, articulate, and speak that truth, to share that truth, that truth of love that God has for us. And we see as we continue to read the Acts of the Apostles, they are able to speak that in their native tongue, in the native tongue of those who are hearing. Because God's love for each and every one of us exceeds and is beyond that of culture, of society, of place. In that, as we speak God's love, everyone throughout the world is able to recognize that love. 
Someone a couple days ago sent me a video of Jim Carrey's commencement speech to MSI. I don't remember what the university was. But what he said was interesting. He said, the effects you have on people is the most valuable currency there is. And as I was thinking about it, it rings so true for us today. Because the way in which we love people shows how much we have been loved and really is the most valuable thing in life. Because we can talk and teach theology. We can force people to believe in the faith. We can have them memorize St. Thomas Aquinas, memorize the catechism of that Catholic church. But every day in my life, I've come to understand and witness that it's not that that helps people recognize Christ, but it's the way in which I have loved them that has made the most impact in their lives, that, have, that has made the most impact in my life. Because in seeing that love, that unconditional self-sacrificial love of God, allowed me to truly see God face to face on this side of the world, here every day of my life. It is the most valuable currency because not everyone can really imbue that love. Because without the Holy Spirit, we're unable to love the way God is calling us to love. Because it hinders us from living out that mission. So therefore, with the understanding of the Holy Spirit sending us out on mission, the mission of love, what is our particular mission that has been given to us? We hear it called ministry in our readings today. So what is our ministry of love to those around us? It's not just for ourselves, but that ministry of love is called to serve the community in particular ways. We hear the analogy in our second reading from the letter to the Corinthians about how we are made up as members of one body, though different and particular parts. I want you to look at your own body. Do you use your elbow to feed yourself food every day? You don't. It's nearly impossible to begin to feed yourself with your elbow. But you have your hands to help you bring that spoon from your bowl to your mouth. Do you use your fingers, the dexterity in your fingers to draw? But do you use your knees to draw? It may be possible but it's not as detailed and as finite as you use your fingers. We each have a particular ministry, a ministry of love that we're called to do. And it's not just my ministry and my ministry alone, but each and every one of us sitting here today has a particular ministry. Some may say, oh Father, I don't know what my ministry is, and that's okay. That's what Pentecost is for, for us to begin to discern and to figure out what that ministry is. And for those who know what our ministry is, how well are we living out and enacting that ministry? 
The world needs our love. The world needs the love of Christ to be brought to them. I'm reminded so many times of my experience at the federal prison up in Wichita Falls. Not knowing and not understanding the men behind the wall is how they addressed it. I came into that situation in fear, in unsure uncertainty. But as I walked in, I saw guys lined up on the fences as I was walking in. And the guards there said, do not look, look at them, do not make eye contact with them, and keep moving. This was at a federal penitentiary. And so with those statements made by the guards, I was in fear of my life. I was in fear of everything I was about to do and what I was entering into. I walk into the room where we're about to celebrate mass and it's 10 foot cinder block walls all around and a thick two inch metal door that I walked in. And the first thing I thought to myself, what did I get myself into? And as I was working and talking to these men, I came to find out there was nothing to be fearful about. The mission I was put there to do, the mission that I learned from them was the simplicity of love. These men were looking for love. Throughout their whole life, they didn't get to experience and see love, whether that's in their family, whether that's in their faith community. And what happened is when they were behind the wall, they were able to see, encounter, and experience God's love by the chaplains that worked every day with them, that has walked with them, that has demonstrated love to them by simply treating them as human beings with dignity. That was love. And that was the ministry that those people had, those chaplains that were assigned to that unit. They came in with no intention whatsoever, but to love them with their whole heart, to return to them their human dignity, and to treat them as human beings. And they themselves begin to see, experience, and witness to that love. So what happens, therefore, in our ministry? If we're not careful, our ministry becomes our own. It becomes my ministry and the way I want to do it. The ministry of love calls us to unite ourselves together as one family, unity. But if we look around our, our church today, there's diversity in that. Each of us has a particular mission, that mission of love, but how we do it is very particular to who we are. So there's no one right or wrong answer. To put it in a very concrete aspect, I've seen this in so many different places, so many different communities, where the focus becomes on Catholic social teaching, on feeding the homeless, caring for the poor, and that becomes the only way in which the church works. And so there's a division within the community that occurs 
Because if you're not working for the poor, you're not serving the poor in our different ministries to the homeless, to the homebound, to the underprivileged, you are not truly Catholic. But that's completely wrong. We each have our own gifts. We each have our own ways of bringing that love in the diversity we are. But still, that diversity brings us towards God and God's love itself. Secondly, the lack of competition among members. Because the ministry to the poor is the most important. All the funds need to be poured into that ministry. But we forget about those who are homebound who are also in need of love. How are we providing ministry of love to them? How are we providing ministries to our own young people in our community who need love also? How are we educating our young people, our children, the next generation in their love of God if we don't begin to divide our resources, our abilities, our talents, and our skills to that? So this competition of whose ministry is better, whose ministry is more impactful, should not occur within our community because of that love, that unity that unites us together calls us to share that with others in its particular way. It's not my ministry. It's our ministry as a community. It's not my way is the best way. My way of thinking is the best way. It's our way of getting to that truth. And finally, the need of interdependence. Because we can't have a homebound ministry if we don't have homebound people. We can't have youth ministry if we don't have our youth gathered together. We can't have funds to the homeless, to the poor in need of our community, if we don't have people who are working, who are supporting that ministry. So we're all in need to support each other in our particular ministry. We're not in comp competition for each other, but we're needing each other to help build the church. To put it simply, we need people out in the world working to feed the homeless. We also need people behind the books to write articles to understand how we can better help the poor. We need people who are financially supporting all of these ministries so that we can do what we are doing. But the, lack, the one part that is lacking, my dear brothers and sisters, is more people stepping up to discern and to live out those ministries and to work those ministries of love. So today, as we celebrate Pentecost, my dear brothers and sisters, we know that we're trying to get to heaven. But to continue the work of Christ here and now and every day till we get to heaven, we're called and invited to continue the Lord's work, to continue that mission, the mission of love, the ministry of love. Each of us has our particular way and particular aspect or talent or gift that we can offer to the church to further that mission. So therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, 
What is your particular mission? What is your gift, your talent that you are offering back to the church that you've received from God as a gift at your baptism and affirmed again at your confirmation to be used, to be given back to the church in service of the church? What are you doing with that talent and gift? And are you returning it back and giving it to help serve and further our community? Amen.